Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight. And we have a very special Jeff guest today. His name is Jeff Marcus, and he's a medical doctor. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. He's also an InventRight student, and his coach, Paul Sorensen, who is also our negotiation coach, is the gentleman that's been helping him. So today he's going to talk about his second deal that he's closed. He's going to talk about inventing medical products. He's going to talk about um, how some doctors don't think that that our process might apply and why that's not true. And then also how, if you're not a doctor, how you can invent medical products too. So we were just, the three of us were just kind of chit-chatting before this, trying to figuring out what we're going to talk about. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more and it's just really kind of casual. And I think you'll really enjoy it. You'll definitely learn something. So Jeff, welcome. Thanks, Andrew. Good to see you. So uh, Paul, bring us up to speed on what Jeff has accomplished so far. Yeah, so he's been with us for quite some time now, and um, he came in just as a normal student. He just so happens to be a surgeon and has skills and knowledge in that field. Um, as we were talking a minute ago, he was actually inventing in another field also, um, but his first deal was in the medical field and has been very successful. He's had that for several years now and um now is applying the same principles to do and to his next product so um i don't know it's been awesome to work with him it just it, it it's just nice to see somebody with that kind of skill set and applying these things that we uh typically see from non-professionals like that and mm -hmm. uh, it makes a really cool story here Jeff, so tell us a little bit about what you do. You're a surgeon. Uh, yeah, so you know, so I'm a um, I'm a, a, a craniofacial surgeon or plastic surgeon, um, and I specialize in a lot of facial reconstruction in kids and in adults. And um, oh. and I've been uh, doing this for you know I've been twenty plus years in my in my current role. Now you were saying you you since you're licensing these products now, and you recommended to some doctors our book One Simple Idea. And they're like, oh, that's not going to work for this. It only works for, you know, toys and kitchen stuff and whatever. And what did you tell them? Well, the, they, you know, some background too is that, you know, in the when I started um, with the first idea I had, which, you know, I, I only figured out later on um, that it fits right into the framework of one simple idea. This was going back to like 2008, and it was before I'd even discovered, um, you know, the strategies and philosophies that Stephen talks about, but. Um, you know, I actually had good, good mentorship, good, uh, from a, a colleague and friend. And, you know, without that, I don't know if it would ever worked out for me, but I followed a lot of instincts and just, you know, got very, very lucky in following those instincts to, to have that all, um, uh, get to fruition. Then at some point later, you know, I discovered, uh, the book first. Um, and as I looked through, I'm like, this is, this is the blueprint. This is the, this is what I did. I'm like, this is what I followed to just, you know, I lucked into each of these steps, um, and I'm like, but, you know, here it is. It's actually all kind of spelled out. And so everything I've done since then, whether, you know, it's worked or not, you know, I've sort of followed that that pathway. And then, you know, word gets out a little bit as I was, you know, as we were talking about and, you know, other surgeons, you know, colleagues and friends of mine, I've talked to them about it. They come to me asking, well, what did you do? You know, how did this work out? And I said, listen, you need to look at this book. Start with that. And then I'm going to put you in, you know, and then I, then you should look at InventRight um, because it follows, it teaches this. And then, the, you know, sometimes I'll get, um, you know, I'll get a, uh, the feedback. They'll say, no, no, you know, 
this is, you know, that's not for, for us. You know, this, you know, we're, we're surgeons, this is surgical devices, it's too complicated. This, you know, they're talking about tools and, um, you know, uh, hardware and so forth. I'm like, I'm listening. I'm like, and I try to explain, you know, listen, the, the, the ideas are still simple and they follow the same principles. It all follows the same. Um, you know, and so hopefully, you know, those who, you know, if they listen to me, then I think they'll actually uh, have an easier time. I always say, I always say licensing is licensing. Doesn't matter if it's a dog toy or a kitchen device or a medical product. There are certain things like, you know, the medical companies, they care more about patents than somebody yeah. selling a kitchen gadget. So there are certain, in, you know, details with certain industries, but licensing is licensing. The invent right 10 steps is the invent right 10 steps. I agree with you. It works. And I, you know, in, in the time, you know, since in working particularly with this most recent one, you know, so yeah, there was the IP was, you know, pretty important really. Um, uh, but the thing is like, you know, with working with Paul, like he gets it, he understands it as well. I mean, not, you know, the things that I, that I need the most help with are the things that, um, that he's infinitely, um, uh, great at, which is on the negotiation side, understanding, you know, licenses and, you know, at least for, I can speak for doctors, you know, surgeons, we know nothing of this, right? So, um, you know, we have, you, you look at a few deals, maybe, you know, you know, maybe if it's your first one, you've seen none. But, you know, you have Paul who's done hundreds and, you know, as we looked at these deals ourselves and he and I looked particularly at the last one, they're the same. They're the same. The terms are, you know, they're very similar. And so, you, you know, you need help to know like whether somebody is being honest with you, uh, are they being straightforward with you? Are they taking advantage of you? Because frankly, a lot of times, um, you know, I think physicians actually are very much um, at risk of being taken advantage of. Um, I think I've quite seen a, it. We're, we're naive. Yeah, I've seen it happen before. Well, you're very busy and you're like, oh, I can just go over here and have somebody take care of it. And they end up with the wrong people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think that, you know, often like people, you know, there's some level of, you know, there's, you know, just inherent sense of generosity too. It's like, oh, well, you know, I don't need to, you know, go after that. And they're just, we're not good negotiators. It's just not in our DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So for people that um, are not doctors, you had mentioned that people can totally invent in um, in medical. And I had mentioned, well, you know, if you're a patient in the hospital and you make observations, the things, the way they put the Band-Aid on, the way they put the IV in, all sorts of stuff, the way you got prepped for surgery, there's a lot of things that you can invent, even if you're not a doctor. And and you, 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 were, you brought this up. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll give you like, okay, so there's an, one example and I use like, kind of like, um, you know, off of something I've, that, you know, Steven talks about. So, you know, if you're looking for ideas and, you know, one thing, you know, he, he talks about, you know, he'd walk down the aisles in a toy store just to kind of think of things, gets his brain going. I would walk down the aisles in the storage areas in the, in the surgery, you know, in the operating room. And I'd just kind of get my brain going that way. It's kind of like walking through the aisles of the store. I mean, I'm just like thinking about, you know, what different things that we do and what do we use and where the problems are, or, or you might actually be in the operating room and you have just, if you're just attuned to like, what is, what's not working here? You know, what is not, what is really annoying here? And what problems might we see? You know, that works for me, you know, as a surgeon, but the, the, there's a whole nother side to it, which is from the patient's point of view, which we don't know always, like we think we know, but we may not. And so, you know, to your point, a patient's experience might lead them to say, you know, these people could do this a lot better X, Y, Z thing. You know, so for example, like I take care of a lot of children with cleft lip and palate, right? So these are infants who have, you know, facial, um, you know, they're, they're three months old and you've done this complex surgery and you don't want them to mess it up. And so 
you know, one thing we'll do is we'll put on these sort of Velcro immobilizers on, you know, for their elbows so that their hands kind of go like this, so they can't get their fingers up to manipulate, you know, this repair of the palate. And it works and they, they work fine and all. Um, but, you know, there was a parent who at some point said, you know, that's really uncomfortable. It looks like it's, you know, looks like it's really annoying for the kids. And they came up with this, you know, really clever, like sort of papoose type of a thing um, that is so much more, you know, so much easier, actually. It's so much better. Mm -hmm. It's it's soft. It's, it's you know, it looks much more comfortable for the babies. She invented it and I use it. You know, I um, I tell my, my patients, you know, I show them where to go on the website and where they could pull it up. Would I have ever come up with that? Uh, no, I didn't realize how annoying the other thing was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you weren't experiencing. So yeah, through observation seems to be the best. What are your thoughts about looking through? There's all sorts of medical supply houses online. You can go to websites, look through products. People might not know what they're looking at. What do you think about a doctor doing that in their area or a, non, a different area or a non-doctor doing that? Is that is that productive if you're um, doing inventing medical? That's interesting. Um I don't actually, I don't know. Um, I think that one of the things I only know, you know, I kind of know the creative process for myself, which is usually it has to do with where's the pain point, you know? So um, identify a pain point that I've noticed or experienced myself. And that way I, I might, you know, realize where something could be done better. Sure. And then I also, and it also gives me a sense about like the scope or the magnitude of that problem. Um, mm -hmm. Because the two keys are, you know, one is that in at least for licensing, we're talking not talking about like venturing and making a company, which is what I don't, you know, I don't really want to do. But, you know, the idea has to be rather, you know, hopefully straightforward, simple and practical, but then also have, you know, some reasonably broad applicability. So you, you know, to have something that's used, you know, I, I have residents and trainees that I work with a lot, and they'll come up with an idea and they tell me, I want to do this, 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 I'm like, okay, well, that'll get used like 10 times in the year. Mm -hmm. So the challenge when you're looking at stuff, if you were to look in like um, device or, you know, supply kinds of publication and so on, you wouldn't really, unless you were in the know, you wouldn't know how you, how needy it is, how much, how useful would that be? Like the, the, you know, if you have like, um, if you imagine like a graph, you know, like where you have, um, you know, simplicity and frequency, you know, you would love to have the most simple used the most frequently. Yes. And so you, you, you want to be, like that's your, that's your, that's a sweet spot somewhere in that, in that quadrant, you know, where it's right. used it and, and still so looking through a medical supply catalog. If you notice, wow, there's like 50 products in this space. There's like none yeah. here. Well, you could invent where there's none, but you also know there's a demand. You, it gives you an idea of the marketplace, what we call studying the marketplace. Right. And I noticed that sometimes doctors and nurses, they'll, um, they only know what their hospital does. Like yes. they don't necessarily go out and search. I'm like, you got, you got, still got to study the marketplace. Well, this is how we do it here. I'm like, well, and this is the company we use. And that's why I want to license at this company. I'm like, well, there might be five others. So you yeah. definitely want to do that. Um, Paul, that's, that's go great, ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's a, it's a great, um, it's a great point because, and that's also, I think one of the invent right sort of, you know, strategies, which is sometimes you don't go to the biggest of the big. Sometimes you want to work with someone who's hungry, you know, a company, but, and you don't always know who they are. It's mm -hmm. all so like for in, in actually in my most recent thing, you know, we were talking about it and I was working with somebody who I did that, you know, I was looking at, at a leader and, um, you know, he's, you know, let's go through this. Let's go through, let's go through everybody who, who's all out there. Let's figure this out. And it I ended up not, I ended up going with somebody who, who's, an, who's, you would consider more of like, it would be more of a, an up and comer. Mm -hmm. Paul, how did the negotiation go? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because uh, 
like Jeff was saying, a lot of times these bigger companies or even the medium-sized companies have adopted these uh, contracts that aren't necessarily super great contracts, but that's what they've used. And so that's what they offer. Mm -hmm. And um, like Jeff was saying is, I think that those companies assume that the doctor is just going to sign away. Mm. Uh, and sometimes they do, because if you haven't seen contracts before, you're like, I don't know. I don't even necessarily know what the ramifications of that are, but I guess if that's what they're giving me, that's what I need to do. And that's not the case. It, we want to make sure that it is right for you uh, or, you know, you as the, the licensor, the inventor, um we don't necessarily want to just sign whatever they throw over because that's what they're used to doing and yeah. so we can present our um revision to the wording or whatever in a way that a lot of times they're like oh yeah we can do that that's not well, let's, ta let's talk a little bit about that in my experience the medical device companies they'll beat you up a little bit more in the negotiations than some others although others can be bad too um how was this negotiation was it pretty was it pretty smooth? You had some bumps. You had some bumps. <laughs> Paul, we want to talk about that. <laughs> no, you don't have to get in the detail. More broad. Paul was being generous. Um, yeah, he was. He was being kind. Um, yeah. Sometimes you know, sometimes they don't. Uh, they you know they can be rather one sided, and you can move them some, and we did. Um, and you know, it's it, this. It's a scenario where it, if I had gone into that particular one. You know, without having like a, a sort of a, you know, I look at, you know, Paul's like kind of a secret weapon because they don't know, you know, he's in the, mm -hmm. he's in the background. Um, they, they don't know if, who, you know, who I deal with or who I help, who's helping me or if anyone. And so that's kind of a secret weapon. I mean, you look at it and I'm like, I didn't think this looks really good. He goes, that is not good. So, you know, we had to work on that quite a bit. Paul, your new title is not Invent Right Negotiation Coach. It's Paul Sorensen's Secret Weapon. Uh, but I, I I agree with that. They really let their guard down, and I think it's a great strategy that we use here at InventRight, where you you as the inventor, when when we're coaching and mentoring, you're dealing directly with the company, and Paul's Absolutely. got advantage, and they let their guard down, and you're not going to sign anything that's not okay. So it's it it really helps things flow better too. There's not two attorneys arguing with each other, you know. No, there's no question. I mean, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know if I, I've something I've forgotten because it's already, I'm so used to it. I'm used to it now, but um, that's great. That it is so important if you can do it, you know, doing it on your own, uh, I would agree for like for, especially for a doctor, because they, again, they, they, they're assuming that we're coming at it with very little knowledge. Right. Uh, and you know, if, if you're just doing it on your own, um, you can take advantage of that position actually, because they're making an, a, a false assumption. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You guys have anything else you want to add to this? Anything you want to say encouraging to our audience about in, inventing in general, the invent right process, inventing medical products? Is there anything else you guys want to share? No, I mean, I've, I've actually, I, mean, I think that, I mean, that covers quite a bit of like what, uh, what was, you know, what it was on my mind. I think that, you know, there's so much in, um, you know, for, for surgeons and physicians, surgeons in particular, I'll say, I mean, there's, there's such a wealth of information. Um, I think I just, you know, I, sometimes I think that in medicine, there's, um, there's this idea or this, you know, this philosophy that the only way that you can be, can innovate 
is to um, to venture, create a company, and so on. And you know, if you have an idea that requires, you know, you have to have a laboratory, and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to do with animal models, and you're going to deal with testing, and we're going to have, you know, you know, it's a it's a difficult, you know, it's a pharmaceutical, it's a complicated mm. device, um, whatever you know that might be. There's an idea that that's the only pathway, and that and actually in the medical schools, even my own, I mean, that's you know, in our innovations um, sort of you know milieu or curriculum and enterprise, um, that's what's discussed, uh, or even at national like society meetings when they talk about yeah. innovation. Um, no, very few people do they ever ever talk about uh, about licensure, but you know, as as we all are aware, I mean, very few things in venture actually pan out. There's your odds are so much better uh, when you if you're an idea person, um, they won't all work. But the thing is, your ideas keep coming, and you'll mm. you know, eventually you might have a good one. But when you do have a good one, and if it's simple enough, it doesn't have to follow that sort of pathway. And you know, if you enjoy your day job like I do, uh, then it allows you to create and to bring ideas that can then be you know that can get into an operating room. In my case, you know, within you know maybe just a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Are the ideas going to keep flowing for you, Jeff? How are you doing? What, what are your plans? I think one of my issues is that I, is that and for better, you know, for better, I guess. I mean, they, I, I, I can't seem to make them stop. So um, now they're not all good, is the thing. But if they're if if a good one gets through every now and then, then then I I'll, I'll continue. I mean, hey, as fun. long as you're not testing that so-so idea on the operating table, like yeah. it's all good. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's no way to do that. They're, they're, I'm just yeah. kidding. It was a bad joke. I had to tell it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like it, you know, problem there, you know, just different people look at things in different ways. I mean, I, my specialty is sort of creative and deals with a lot of problem solving anyway. And so it's sort of like baked into the way I think about stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'll always try to like, I always, I always think about, couldn't this be done, you know, a little bit differently. Um, and I find it like, to me, it's energizing. Uh, you know, I do love what I do in surgery, but I really get kind of energized by the idea of doing something better. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, this is really motivational, I think, for any other doctor that wants to to invent, realize they don't need to start a business, they can license it and they can get help to do so. And you know, I think it's also encouraging for audience members that are not doctors. And you're saying you can totally invent in medical, but keep it to the simpler stuff. Yeah, you, you keep it to what you know, like if you're yeah. experienced, just think about your experience. That's the way to look at a lot of things. What is it? What about this experience was could have been better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Paul, you have anything to, to share? Yeah, I think that uh, that's one thing that inhibits a lot of professionals, whether you're a surgeon or whatever else is you're already busy and you like what you do. And so you're less you're a little reluctant to venture into something because you think it is going to require mm. a lot of time and a lot of money and eventually leaving what you're doing and that's that's actually the the worst way to go about it the best way yeah. is to learn these simple uh the simple process follow that license it and wash your hands of it and then keep those creative ideas coming and what i've found is um the individuals that do that and repeat it you hone your skills you get better and better at not only coming up with ideas but really vetting those ideas so you only put efforts into the ones that um from what you've learned have a better uh opportunity to net mm -hmm. some loyalties yeah and 
that just gets better. It's just like anything. The more you use those muscles, the better they get, whether it's creative or otherwise. So yeah, uh, I love that concept. And I see it quite often. It's interesting. I see it both ways. I see some people that come and they can't wait to get their products uh, producing royalties so they can quit what they're doing. And then I get the other side that they have no intention. They don't have any desire to quit what they're doing. <laughs> but they want both sides want the same thing and can get there. And it's, I will say this, it's nice to know. It's nice to know that you could quit, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is exciting. That's well, right. um, Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to share with our audience your experience. And I, if that, if what you're saying isn't encouraging, I don't know what would be for you guys. So, very encouraging. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for for helping Jeff. I'm sure he's appreciative of your help. And and Jeff, great job doing the work that you need to do to to make things happen. And uh, I think we're going to be hearing from you again. Can you come back on when you license another one? You license Absolutely. your third? All right. Absolutely. Cool. It's been I'm a grateful, lot of fun. I'm grateful for the help. It's been a lot of fun working with Jeff, and we've actually become good friends, and so that, that makes it even more fun. So thanks, nice. Jeff. I appreciate it, I appreciate your friendship. Me too. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, take care. Keep inventing, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. See you. Bye. Thanks.